Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, with Pastor Craig Jarvis. Hello, Craig. Hey, thanks, Michael. For Craig, how many episodes have we recorded today? Uh, Twelve. <laughs> seven. Oh, seven. seven. I was so close. Yeah, we're yeah. close. That was, I mean, it's pastor band. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we are answering every day this week a different question on the resurrection. And so, Craig, the question for today is, is the resurrection in the Old Testament? particularly the resurrection of Jesus. There are several things that we can look to that demonstrate that this answer is yes. The biggest one is actually in 1 Corinthians 15, where it reiterates the gospel, and it says that he he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Paul is referring to Old Testament indications that there would be a Messiah to come who would suffer and yet, and die, and yet reign for all eternity. So there's a conceptual truth, and then there's the literal truth. So let me, I'm going to deal with the literal truth, and then, Michael, if you want to take the conceptual idea, like all of this feasts and festivals that demonstrate this as well. Um, but in the Old Testament, there are several prophets that indicate that there will be a resurrection from the dead. Job talks about, you know, I will, I will see God Psalms and that, that's in Job 19, Psalm 17, Isaiah 26. There's all these different passages in scripture that indicate that there will be some sort of a resurrection, uh, from the dead someday, uh, where we would not die again. And an indication that that would be solidified in the resurrection of the Messiah. Um, Daniel 12, 2 says, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake and come to everlasting life, and some will be raised to shame, some to everlasting contempt. Um, and so there seems to be, and, and again, I mentioned this one in Isaiah 26, 9, the dead shall live, the bodies shall rise, those who dwell in the dust will awake and sing for joy. And so there is there there's writing in the Old Testament from prophets who indicate that, yes, there will be a bodily resurrection someday for those who follow Yahweh God, even Jesus Christ, uh, who lived in Old Testament times. Jesus never went to church. Jesus went to the temple. He did all of the festivals and the feasts and Old, Te- Old Testament law, kept, kept them all. And yet uh, Jesus Christ constantly talked about resurrection from the dead, that we would raise someday from the dead, and he prophesied his own resurrection from the dead. Um, again, there is... There's an indicative nature of a bodily resurrection that is exemplified in the message of Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus, you will bodily raise from the dead someday. That's in the Old Testament. Jesus taught it in the Gospels, and it's reiterated in the New Testament whenever it says, according to the Scriptures. Yeah, and then when when we think about Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, uh, Isaiah kind of has the most, I think, total package, if you will. And Isaiah talks about two different aspects of the Messiah. Number one, he's the suffering servant, but number two, he's the king over the entire world. So how do you suffer and die for the sins of the people and rule simultaneously over the entire over the entire world in a new earth? And so there's this implicit notion that the only way that the Messiah is going to reign is going to be as if he if he is first dead. That's there's just no way to make sense of any of the scriptures. And so if you are reading Isaiah and you're a Jew, 700 BC, 
you're going to come to one conclusion if you're thoughtfully reading, which is, oh, wow, the Messiah is going to die and the Messiah is going to reign over the entire earth in a resurrected state. Uh, even the idea of a resurrected state where the lion and the lamb are together and the Messiah is reigning over the entire world. I mean, this new earth literally necessitates a resurrection, which again was not a new concept to Isaiah. Uh, the way he articulated it was was really new to the Jewish people, but all the concepts were already basically fundamentally there. And so when the Sadducees in the first century and the Pharisees had a debate, uh, the Pharisees were like, listen, Daniel talks about a resurrection. Hosea talks about a resurrection. Isaiah implies a resurrection. Uh, this idea that, that, this, that the Sadducees had that there would be really no physical resurrection, um, that was also because they didn't really have a high view of scriptures. They were very much more of a cultural, political uh, class of Jewish leaders than they were a religious group of leaders. Uh, they didn't even believe in the miraculous, let alone the resurrection. They didn't believe that angels were even real. They were very almost secular, humanistic version of Jewish people. Uh, the The faith for them was even, it seems to be more of a culture, whereas for the Pharisees, doctrinally, they really believed in a dynamic relationship between the spirit and the physical realm. And, and so the resurrection in the Old Testament is A, explicitly mentioned, but B, implied that Jesus, the Messiah, must die and then must be raised again. You actually can't have any reading of the Messiah and Isaiah without coming to that necessary conclusion. So I think, you know, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 can confidently say uh, that Jesus was going to be raised in accordance with the scriptures. Well, of course he's going to be raised. He's the suffering servant of Isaiah, and he's also the messianic king who's going to reign over the entire resurrected world. So it would stand to reason that the Old Testament believes he's going to raise from the dead. And Daniel, when it talks about the double resurrection of the righteous and the good, some to everlasting torment, some to everlasting life. Well, that would also stand to reason that Jesus would also raise from the dead. And Jesus is that first fruits. He's the first of many to come. And uh, that fulfills that Jewish festival. Jesus fulfills it perfectly. And then as more people are resurrected at the end, uh, we are the ones who come after Jesus, the first fruits, where the harvest of resurrection that reaps later. Um, so really the old, the old Testament is replete with resurrection language and, um, and any notion that the resurrection isn't there is just probably not done with a careful reading of, of the Old Testament. So, Greg, last word, and uh, we're going to go to our final podcast of the week. It's coming up tomorrow. What's your final word? The thing that I love about this idea of continuity of, of Scripture uh, is, is when the writers in the New Testament and Jesus Christ, quite frankly, use according to the Scriptures. Jesus would say, as it is written, or haven't you read? Um, and he's always, uh, the, these writers in the New Testament and Jesus himself are always referring to Old Testament truths that are being fulfilled in Jesus Christ or, or explained in a very, very powerful way in the New Testament for all the shadows of the old. Um, in all of these feasts and festivals that they held, there are different parts of these of the aspects of, of these festival and feasts that demonstrate the truth that there would be a savior who would die and yet reign for eternity on David's throne. And so that's what I love. I just love the continuity that we find in scripture from old to new and how it joins together to make one complete story, even to the point where you get to Revelation chapter five, uh, one of my favorite passages in scripture where this lamb that looks like he was slain is the only one that has the authority to open the scroll for the finalities of what would happen on earth. Um, and quite frankly, 
uh, Jesus himself, when he appears to John in this revelation in John chapter one, uh, refers to himself as, as the lamb who was slain and yet is risen and lives again. And um, that gives a continuity from Genesis 3.15, we're promised a, 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 a redemption of sins through a sacrifice. And then at the end, we're told that was done in Jesus Christ. Every festival, every feast pointed toward it, Jesus fulfilled it, and the New Testament points back to it. It's a continual story of the same truth that Jesus is a lamb given for the salvation of the world. And because he rose from the dead, he is the first fruits of those who will rise from the dead someday. I love it. Awesome. All right, come back tomorrow. We're going to be answering the last question of the week. Where did Jesus go after the crucifixion, but before his resurrection?